0: My head might go away. And a river painful back to Cable Smith, welcome everybody into episode 15 of Campfire Conversations. We haven't done one of these in a little bit. Uh, it's probably been a couple months, to be honest with you. Um, but we have one for you today. We'll be joined by my good friend and director of government affairs over at SCI Ben Cassidy is here once again we're going to talk about the interior uh, appropriations bill that would essentially ban the importation of legally harvested african trophies and it's something that's like shoehorned into a a, a really massive essentially budget proposal f- for 2022 like the fiscal budget for the federal government Uh, Why it's in here, I don't know, but uh, we'll discuss and uh, get into the implications of what would happen if the Senate does indeed pass the appropriations bill as is. Then we'll take a look at big tech, uh, their latest screw-ups and constant infringement on the First Amendment. Also, zoonotics, what? if it wasn't for COVID, would we even be talking about zoonotics and how does Ben see this potentially impacting us, the hunting community going forward, Uh, and then the uh, Boone and Crockett Poach and Pay initiative that SCI has partnered up on. Uh, We'll get into that as well. So without further ado, let's rock and roll. Ben, great to have you back, my friend.
1: Always great to be on. Been too long.
0: Yeah. So... A lot to get into today and uh, i want to dive right into the uh, interior appropriations bill get an update there because that's the biggest load of crap ever uh i mean it's really underhanded the way they went about it but essentially just defunding the u.s fish and wildlife service or uh deauthorizing them from processing legally harvested trophies so basically they're going to defund the importation process so, no, we're not banning trophy imports, but we're just going to make it where they don't have any money to process them.
1: Is that appropriations process is where you see the other side, the antis, kind of make their most aggressive plays? You know, we t- appropriations is deter- determines all the spending levels for the federal government, right? So that sounds fine and well. But what it also means is they can determine what doesn't get funded, right? And they call them riders. They block funding for specific activities. So this rider that passed the house would block funding for processing trophies uh, from Africa. So it would, it would basically dictate to, you know, fish and wildlife staff that none of their time or taxpayer dollars can go towards them doing their job of issuing permits on legally regulated hunting trophies. Um, So yeah, it passed out of the house um, even though, you know, governments from those affected countries sent letters outlining how it would be devastating to them and negatively impact their economies and conservation and programs that they have in place. Um, and now it's gone over to the Senate. So as of last week, just with us following the Senate, they're so jammed up with talking about these trillions of dollars of soft infrastructure, hard infrastructure, all of that cabal, um, where they're trying to speed up the process for appropriations to the point where there won't be any sort of public, um, decision-making it's all going to be done behind the scenes and what they call a conference. So their plan is for interior approach where this language is for them to just circumvent, having a hearing and a markup, and then just going right to having a conference. So that's where the Senate meets with the house to decide what stays in and what falls out of the bill. So it's on us now, the SCI, you know, with our connections, to talk directly with the folks involved in those conversations to make sure that this language falls out. It's not the first time that it's been introduced or passed, um, but it would be the first time if it was included in a final voted on bill. Um, mm-hmm. So the precedent's there that it doesn't make sense. Um, it's controversial. I think that they don't want it, things to get tied up over something like this issue when they're talking about those big trillion with the tea issues. Um, so yeah, we're, we're fighting it as hard as we can uh, to, to keep it out but just very disappointed to see that they're going this route where, you know, public can't really give their input into the process. So, and it's not, is this
0: something big enough as part of the um, 2022 fiscal budget planning? Is this a big enough component to where a Senator would vote no on it just because this is in there? Or is this just like, like you said, they've got so much else on their plates right now that this is insignificant in their eyes.
1: Yeah, it just becomes a giant Christmas tree that's loaded with some things you like, some things you don't like. So I don't think that you'd have anybody ultimately decide their vote on this one provision. Mm -hmm. That's why we want to just get it dropped out to begin with. Because right now, as you know, the Senate is, you know, it's swayed by one seat towards the other side. Um, It's been pretty clear about where they stand on these issues. Um, So it's impetus is on us to just get it dropped out. And like keep precedent where it's been and not included in there.
0: Imagine some far leftist elites trying to dictate to people in another country what they can and can't do. Oh wait, they're doing that right here, right now, every day <laughs> yep. on our on our own soil. <laughs> That's <a>
1: great example.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, it's insanity. Like we, like we've talked about previously, the arrogance for these assholes to just tell other people on a faraway place that they'll never visit because they don't care. It's out of mind, out of sight yep. for them, but to tell them that they can't make a living on a sustainable use, yeah. like more sustainable than, I mean, like all of our natural resor- uh, resources, um, oil. That's, that's not an unlimited thing. If we right. take care of the wildlife, it can be an unlimited resource that just continues in perpetuity. If we manage it accordingly. Hunting is the only way that the wildlife sticks around. Yet, hey, we're just going to tell you that yeah, we're cool with you using these other resources: oil, natural gas,
1: anything, minerals,
0: diamonds. Yep. yep. Well, you, why don't you don't want to do something productive? Why don't you throw a fit about blood diamonds and shit like that instead of telling people that they can't make an honest living uh, through sustainable use hunting?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's out of sight, out of mind, like you said. I mean, like the the real. The real way to move the needle on it is having those voices from over there put right in their faces. So they're not able to to just deny it and pretend like they don't know that it's affecting somebody. You know, these mm-hmm. these decisions that are just feel-good decisions to them. Yeah. Oh, uh,
0: uh, and it, like you said, it's the same thing. These the the elite people, it's becoming more evident and society is waking up to the, the reality that they're trying to control everything from what you can and can't import to what you have to put in your body to keep your job in America. It's crazy. Um, speaking of big tech, uh, what is the, What is our, our update? Because it seems like big tech controls everything. Uh, I had a buddy yeah. that just lost his account. Um, he, he actually, I, I was telling this off there. He did get it back, but it was after like a week and it, but they didn't give him any reason. He didn't have like a huge list of strikes on his account. Like I do, like they could delete me at any time because they, You saw the video of the guy shooting the mountain lion?
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. So they deleted that from my page after it had 100,000 something views and sent me a note that I had a violation for um, promoting crime and coordinating harm. Like what? Like the guy is a human being defending himself against the mountain lion attack. Yeah, you can look around their platform and see people shooting each other, uh, people mugging each other, all kinds of human on human violence, pornography, all that stuff is widely acceptable, but here's a guy defending his, him, his own life against a wild animal and they take it down. And anyway, it's, uh, their overreach is something that you and I've talked about. And man, I, I, when I first saw the Facebook whistleblower thing, I was like, Oh, this is great news. Then I was like, wait a second. They're only doing this to censor one side even further. They didn't talk about anything other than blaming January 6th insurrection on Facebook for allowing conservatives to, to speak on there. Uh, And then they and then they talked about um, adolescent girls being victimized, which now if you are a conservative and you speak out against that, then you're an asshole because who doesn't I mean, we all want our our young girls to have, you know, a safe existence and social media certainly certainly doesn't foster that for them. But um, that whistleblower thing was was bad news, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, it didn't really get to the bottom of it, but the conversation's not going to go away. I mean, people like you, like you said, are just fed up. I mean, just with, with how much they're being just cracked down on for just totally acceptable, you know, use of the platforms and free expression. That video that you had of the mountain lion, I mean, that was riveting stuff. My heart was pounding yeah, for the incredible. guy on there and to take it down. I mean, it, I mean, it's just unbelievable, especially with the reasoning that they gave. But yeah, folks are fed up. I mean, we've had our petition out there now. Since over the summer, I mean, north of 6,000 people have signed on to it and more to come. You know, I'm looking forward to being able to take that document over to Facebook where we talk to them and try to use some sort of a, a process like we have, at least in government, to petition them. Um, you know, I mean, those community guidelines, I think they're just the wizards in Silicon Valley that decide. What does
0: on. it even mean? Coordinating harm, promoting crime? Like, right. you can actually kill them, out, even if the lion didn't attack the guy. You can get a tag and kill a mountain lion in Colorado. There's nothing illegal about it. Totally. So I I don't understand that. Um, Like like I was like doing some crime syndicate thing here (laughs) (laughs) by posting that. Seriously. Uh, It's
1: it's the videos where they're really overreaching right now, though. I mean, we're just seeing that with YouTube, right? With them demonetizing all these platforms like Seek One. I mean, just... I mean, th- their guidelines that they put out that we posted on there, I mean, basically just don't let you have anything that shows anything about our lifestyle without it being a violation, you know? And just the amount of, I mean, this people's incomes and livelihoods that they've built off of it doing, you know... Playing by it, the rules. And playing by the rules. Are, now we're changing right. the rules on the fly. Telling us Even though story.
0: you've made us bukus of money and, you, and they'll still let you post your content and they'll make money off of it. You just won't.
1: Right. It's just such a... Such a joke. Yes. It's frustrating. I mean, and yeah, like you said, there's like the big moment last week, having all the lights on in Congress, you know, to talk about it. And there's just still no answers. Yeah. And we were just joking about how the Facebook crashed during that day, just yeah. randomly.
0: Random my <laughs> ass. Right. Yeah. Like I was telling you off there when people like Joe Rogan and uh, Dave Chappelle and all these other influential celebrities athletes speaking out whether it's vaccine stuff or if it's just like more more of them are just speaking out a bit like hey once you give up any kind of freedom you're never getting it back the government isn't giving your freedom back to you they don't that's not the way it works yeah Uh, and so it was like real weird that oh yeah well you see those type of celebrities start to post and then they just take their platform down for eight hours all three of them um no something wasn't
1: adding up there yeah. That Rogan video was pretty impactful. That was good stuff, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like they wanted to put the squeeze on small businesses and be like, you need us. You know, <laughs> if, we, if we, turn the lights off on you, you're in a lot of trouble. So yeah, be good. Oh, be well, good to your overlord.
0: <laughs> exactly. And it seems like if the, the government doesn't even like what I'm looking at as a small business owner and and talking to other people who can't get supplies, like, um, one of our advertisers is a, um, uh, an off-road like they do four by fours and lifts and everything Dude, he can't get any supplies he's like stuck in limbo he's got vehicles that he can't work on because he can't get you know the, the supply chain is you know broken um so it seems like the government is intent on crushing small businesses so that people need to depend on the government more yeah so it's insane it's so bad um okay well enough bashing Big tech, even though they deserve to be bashed nonstop 24 hours a day, three sixty. To be continued, right? (laughs) Right. Uh, But zoonotics, and I'm not even really familiar with what's going on here as far as it being included in recent legislation, but uh, I know that it piqued your interest.
1: Yeah, I mean, so I just, it's been the topic of discussion, obviously internationally since, you know, COVID started. It really became just like a central focus on origins of COVID, was it a wet market? And, you know, it started to leak into decision-making and, and, and legislation across the world, um, just trying to crack down on, you know, transmission of zoonotic diseases. Mm-hmm. And it's really created this narrative that's really pushed from, you know, the anti side of things on just only negative side of, of trade and wildlife, right? It never has any sort of mention of any of the positives which I really think is an opportunity for us to tell our story as hunters. Cause that is the positive side. That is a regulated side. That is a side that doesn't, you know, promote the transmission of, of disease uh, rather. I want to you
0: know, include trappers in there too, because that's uh
1: that's something that would wildly be affected by this ill-advised. Yeah. You know, any kind of
0: legislation like that?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a focal conversation just going forward and it's just really behooves, Hunters to be able to have a voice and a and our perspective in in them. I mean, so last I guess it was maybe three weeks ago now they passed the National Defense Authorization Act. So that's you know the NDA funds the funds funds our defense, um, and it included for what I can tell is the first time language in there in an amendment that passed. Um, to address transmission of zoonotic diseases and we we scoured over it, and made sure that it didn't affect hunting it didn't but it really gives me heartburn for the long term because again it's just putting forward that narrative that there's only negative to be had with any sort of transfer of of wildlife you know dead mm-hmm. or alive um and then we're seeing it over in brussels too i mean they recently had in their you know commerce committee like a report that was delivered on zoonotics that was all negative. I mean, not even space for just one line on the benefits of hunting and regulation and how that isn't a part of what the problem that they're seeing is. So you just start to see that narrative creep up without any of our voices involved in multiple, you know, continents, it becomes kind of a concern. So that's really an area that that we're focused in on. We're working with our colleagues, you know, in Europe, to put together roundtables with different stakeholders, just showing what the positives are of our side of international trade. We'll be doing the same here in the United States um, just to keep our voice at the table. So we don't just get, you know, floated.
0: The irony isn't lost on me, Ben, that if people didn't claim that COVID-19 originated from a bat in a wet market, we wouldn't even be having this conversation about zoonotics more than likely. Well, right. we, you know, now it's kind of generally accepted that the,
1: the virus came out of a lab in wuhan so like i don't know. You know today i read that they were in a cave like examining it and maybe it's in the cave now but still uh, it's like
0: uh-huh. so the, the narrative just changes whenever it's right happen,
1: so. That's the, um, keep searching for caves
0: but this would affect every impact of i mean every aspect of hunting um and then the uh wildlife trade associated with that like for instance, going back to trappers when I went on the British uh, British Columbia trap line trip, they let you keep one pelt of everything that you trapped on like we were there for a week, and anything you got a double of, they kept and they sold. so like a lynx they could get like 300 bucks for. I was surprised to know that they could still get that much money for certain pelts, or like a wolf, yeah. 500 bucks or their favorite thing is a pine martin. You can get 75 dollars for a little tiny pine martin, and it takes them like five minutes to skin it and like flesh it out like bang for your buck they're like no oh, the right more markets we catch the better It's so that's the market to
1: get into wow yeah. <laughs> yeah everybody
0: start trapping it's real it's real uh a financially sound decision for sure right. <laughs> <laughs> Promoted here, uh, which like okay that that's why i was surprised to find out they could still get that much money for those belts um so wow uh, yeah, but, them.
1: yeah but um but on the zoonotics too i mean you saw the Center for Biological Diversity you know, petition Fish and Wildlife Service to shut down Transfer too. and they're going off of that same line of argument that there's this great threat from zoonotics that's so great and grave that it should shut down everything, even what's being done in a regulated, safe, hygienic fashion. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they've shown their cards. It's the same old playbook, just dust it off for the latest crisis, but... I mean, we're not advocating
0: for the trade of black bear gallbladders here, so...
1: You
0: know. right. Right. <laughs> just basic stuff um like Thanks. like you're in the south it's real common you can go into a especially like southeast texas and louisiana you just walk into a gas station and they have alligators for sale so, like skulls like you know you can just grab one for as your little keepsake yeah that kind of stuff um something else that changed because of covid just from my observation so i went on my my fifth fifth safari um I'm coming back into DFW airport and the guy is like, I I have a bow and my buddy has a rifle. He's like, "Um, I'm going to need to see the boots that you wore on your trip. I'm like, what? He was like, yeah, I need to disinfect them and spray them. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, you know, you could bring some pathogens or some uh, unwanted little, you know, parasites over here. And I was like, "Eh, this isn't my first rodeo buddy. And, what about the other six guys that went with us that all borrowed rifles in Africa? He's like, Oh, they just fall through the cracks. Like that makes sense. Right. I mean, we were in the same place hunting the same stuff, but they don't have to have their boots. He he took our boots and sprayed them down. Like it was like that never happened before COVID. Maybe they're all, maybe they're supposed to be doing it, but they weren't. (laughs) They're just finally doing
1: it. Yeah. That's, that's insane. Yeah.
0: Whatever helps them sleep at night. Right. Um, Boone and Crockett, Poach and Pay, you guys are a partner yep. in, in this endeavor. Uh, talk a little bit about that. I read the write-up, but uh, you can explain it to us.
1: Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I mean, kudos to Boone and Crockett for taking the lead on it and kicking it off. I think it's you know been like six years in the making. I think it goes back to probably started to see like after like Cecil and that whole international incident,
0: mm-hmm. you see a
1: lot of media outlets and anti's conflating the terms you know hunting and poaching right you know and i used to be an nra you'd see the media always do it and still do it today where they would you know just purposefully call you know an ar-15 like a fully automatic until you like correct the record that would just do that um without or if you just but, legally kill a mountain lion with a tag right,
0: right. They, they think that all mountain lions are in danger they're like you poacher you're a poacher and, you know this
1: is legally hunted it's sustainable use exactly poacher. okay So, I mean, this was just, this is an opportunity um, for us to be able to show what poaching is, what hunting is, how hunters don't have tolerance for poachers. Um, If we're going to be, you know, if it's going to be policed, we're going to police ourselves. Um, So, yeah, it's an awesome long-term project that we're involved in. We've got a three-year commitment with them right now. And we're going through a process of surveying different states on the issues they face with poaching. You know, how prevalent is it? How much are their hands tied, you know, in the courts with the the laws on the books to actually go after folks um, to, to a point where, um, where it deters it? You know, I mean, a lot of places that have it as a, a victimless crime is, is how they would put it. So it goes at a really low threshold. So just kind of looking at ways that we can give a little bit more teeth to, you know, punishing the poacher, preventing poaching from happening. So it would see us... Yeah do this survey and have it moved to a point where we're able to come up with some good model legislation to, you know, try to help introduce in different state capitals to, you know, clean things up and just show that, you know, who hunters are and that we don't have a tolerance for it. What do you
0: think when talking about poaching bothers hunters the most? Is it that it's not a level playing field? And so like a guy just shot a nice buck that was sharing your property and his property he used it shot it at night so that's an unfair advantage and now you don't you know he kind of stole it from you there's one component a lot of times poachers don't utilize the meat they just shoot it cut the head off and leave it there which is why people get up in arms and then of course it looks bad on all hunters even though we would never do that uh so there's those two things or is it just like the the ethics of it like shooting something at night shooting something out of season um I don't know, what, what is it, what is it do that you think that bothers people the most about it?
1: I mean, I'd speak for myself and I, I would just see it going back to this incredible model that we've created, you know, the, the North American model of conservation and the rules and regulations that are put in place and all the steps that we go through to be able to make sure that we're, you know, by following those, those rules and regulations, we're also giving back to conservation. We're ensuring that there's going to be wildlife and wild places for the next generation you step out of line and you violate that you put that under threat and why can't you follow the rules that all of us are able to follow to ensure that this is going to be there it just seems like it's greedy and i think it makes everyone else look bad and it's not you know what we're trying to bestow for you know who we hung with or for what the next generation is mm-hmm. so, I mean I just think it yeah it's, it's it's unethical I mean so I think that's where it, it rises for me like mm-hmm. how about for you on poaching
0: um well you talked about the conservation aspect and so the theft of that like say you didn't have a hunting license um then you're st- and the theft of you're stealing the resource from people that are playing by the rules so i think it's yeah, it's like it's stealing it's stealing is what it is Definitely. And, and that has nothing to do with like the ethics of shooting something at out of season or at night or you know with the with uh shooting something with a rifle during bow season there's a litany of, of ways you can you know break the rules but uh, yeah, I think it's just the theft of, from a general standpoint. Like you're stealing from me, you're they're stealing from you. They're stealing from us as a hunting community. Um, and by God, if I saw the heads cut off of them and I knew who did it, I'd be obviously I wouldn't take it in my own hands, but I couldn't get on the phone with Green Pants fast enough. <clears throat> totally. So, yeah, it's it's weird. I was I was hunting one time, uh, turkey hunting, and walked into the property i was hunting and there was a guy in the deer blind hunting deer out of season that hadn't he had no access he was just like a neighbor that just came onto the property and uh it's like i think there's a lot of meth that goes on in that part of the world yeah Uh, so the rules don't really they don't think they apply but you know walking up to an armed guy you know before the sun comes up not it wasn't really a it wasn't a situation I would like to revisit, that's for sure. Absolutely not. So great stuff there on the uh, poach and pay um, effort that you guys have partnered with uh, Boone and Crockett. I think that's pretty much all I wanted to get into today. Um, we'll do it again in the very near future. What's uh, what's coming up for you? I mean, do you have, are you going to get to get out of D.C. at all and, and actually get in the field or – yeah be anchored to the desk for the majority of of hunting season
1: somebody has to do it i hope (laughs) not no my plans right now um i'm going to south dakota in november for five days for pheasant oh nice figured out deer somewhere in there i think i'm do two duck hunts in california and arkansas the beginning of december um, and then we got to do like a team bonding trip. I don't know. Get the, the, the DC team out on the water or in a field somewhere. Um, yeah. yeah. I find a way to be out there. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Hopefully Arkansas. Are you going to Stuttgart or where? I got to double check. So I'm going for a conference. It's like uh, the National Assembly of Sportsmen's Caucuses. Um, so it's all the different like pro hunting state legislators get together. We're a big sponsor of the event. And that's in Little Rock. But then we'll do like field trips out, I think, at the beginning and end. I um, imagine it's by Stuttgart, but I'm not sure if it is Stuttgart.
0: Well, hopefully we will have a cold winter. And uh, it won't be like last year because it was abysmal in the south. So
1: It's been mild here so far, at least for the fall. I mean, we don't even have foliage really yet. So I don't know. Hopefully we get a cold snap coming quick.
0: I can't wait. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, hey, I appreciate it as always, my friend. I look forward to our next visit, and hope you have a great fall. Awesome, you too. I appreciate it, Cable. So there you have it, the latest from SCI Government Affairs Headquarters. Ben Cassidy, always great checking in with Ben, and uh, I promise it won't be two months before we do another campfire conversation. So thanks for tuning in. Certainly appreciate it. We'll see you guys next time.